On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we welcome our NFL insider Coulter as we're doing a Denver Broncos draft preview. I give him a little Dr. Melfi session as he's done that for me in the past. We're talking who they should target in the draft and what their outlook is for the season. Plus, we also have some fun draft props that we want to talk about. Is Zach Wilson the guy at number two? Why is Justin Fields slipping? Could he make a surprise in going at two? Stay tuned for episode number 106 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double down, Trent. Let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right. Welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where we're talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. Joining me tonight, our NFL insider, Coulter. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. This is my favorite time of the year, NFL draft season. Uh, it just feels good. You know, you come off the the NCAA tournament masters. And then I personally, for me, the creme de la creme is the draft. I've been twice with my dad. It's a great memory I have with him. Um, I've always just been a draft Nick and I love just studying where guys went to school and this is just the best for me. So I'm super stoked to talk NFL draft. <laughs> and then of course, free psychology with you, you get to be my Dr. Melfi on the Broncos. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't have to pay for a shrink tonight, you know, yep. this is for free. Hey, you've done this for me as a Giants fan. I was on the couch. You listened. So it's only fair to do the exact reverse and have me listen to you and Ben talk Broncos. <laughs> uh, Dr. Melfi, I was watching old Sopranos and I was thinking, uh, she's so, she's so loyal to Tony. She handles oh. all of his bullshit. It's an incredible character. Phenomenal show. Obviously we've talked about it. I like complain about her. Just that I don't understand that. They say those scenes are unnecessary. I'm like, it's what makes the show different from other like psychotic shows, you know? Yeah. It gives you it, – it's a window into Tony's brain that you don't have in other shows. Absolutely. Unbelievable. But I'm with you, my friend. I love this time of year. We just came down from the high of March Madness. We got the Masters. We got opening day. And now on the horizon is NFL draft. And I'm just like you, my friend. I love the draft. I absorb it. I get into all the drama, all the storylines. And there's a lot this year. Um, I guess, though, I do want to start with the Broncos. And I do want to get we'll it. get into the betting later. I yeah. Say. The betting is a whole other story because I have a nice little tidbit about betting in Vegas and or not being able to bet in Vegas on the draft. So we'll save all that for later. We'll start with the, the horses. Yep. We're going to do a bunch of different lines, some props. I'm also uh, I didn't even bring this up to your pre-show at all. I'm going to pepper you. I'm going to give you a little over under on uh, six guys. I'm not going to tell you which six they are. And I want to get your over under on where they're going to land. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see where we go from there. Perfect. But. Let's start with the Denver Broncos. Kind of an up and down season. Have some weapons, have some people in places. Coaches are settling in. I want to get your, before we talk about who you're going to pick in the draft, I want to get your sense of the state of the Denver Broncos as you see them. So where do you see the Broncos right now? Um, I see them in probably the hardest division to win in football, um, which puts their year-to-year outlook very low. Eight wins, eight and a half wins, seven and a half wins, which we saw last year get dealt. Um, actually, I feel like a horrible veteran, a horrible fan. I don't know what their live over-under is right now for the season. Um, but uh, anyways, this is a team that's 
for the next decade, if not 15 years, unless Patrick Mahomes gets a serious leg injury, uh, going into any regular season is going to be Delta 10 in the Las Vegas bookmaker. I would be willing to bet that with you and, and Aaron uh, on the pod. That's like a nice little long future bet, but we'd have to include the last season and count it out for 10 years. But I don't think the Broncos get Delta double digit win total in Vegas as long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback of Kansas City. And that's not even uh, going into the Herbert stuff. So uh, to summarize my key opening points here, the state of affairs is dire. Um, my favorite player of all time, John Elway, had to step down in the offseason as GM. I am excited that we hired a man by the name of George Patton, which he does carry <laughs> the same name as our greatest uh, military general in U.S. history. So that does bode well for us. And you did mention we have some some interesting skill guys. Um, you know, I'm of the belief if you don't see it, you can't believe in it. And so it's like I didn't see it with Jerry Judy, so I can't believe that it's going to just all of a sudden happen next year. And so, uh, you know, the offense is as hyped as it is also could be another, it could be a bomb again this year, you know, Pat Shermer. Um, and so, and uh, it all comes down to quarterback. And so I guess we can just talk about that in a, you know, in itself itself. Cause it's like a subplot of the Broncos draft here is like, are they going to draft the quarterback? The bookie definitely seems to think that that's the direction they're going to go. Um, you know, <sighs> In terms of the draft, I, I'm in two spots. I love J- uh, Fields. Love Fields. I yeah. think he's a special prospect. I think he has the body to last. I despise the thought of us trading up to number four to to Atlanta uh, with the first year GM, even if he has a great name. Um, I don't trust that recipe. Uh, killing yourselves. I, I've heard it's a first and a third, if not two firsts just to get up to four in an NFL draft. I don't buy that. I, I think it's going to look like the worst move in NFL draft history when it's all said and done, if that's the move that we end up pulling. So uh, yeah, uh, it's a drastic, horrible state of affairs long-term for the Broncos. And then heading into this draft, I honestly feel like I'm on uh, ice. That's about to break at any moment. Cause it's like the Schefter tweet can come in. The Broncos have traded two first to go up to four. And that would make me really mad because I do love Justin Fields but it's not guaranteed he's going to be there at four. Um, and it's certainly uh, not a deal that I would want to do on draft night while the draft is in process, because guess who gets to de- make all the demands and has the higher hill in that situation, the Atlanta Falcons. The and Falcons. I don't want to get, I don't want to get uh, trade, you know, punished by them. I'm not going to use the R word, but uh, yeah. So those are my <laughs> summary points on the Broncos uh, long-term and also heading into the draft in 10 days or nine days. Yeah. I think with the division there, I mean, you just need to nail these drafts. You have to nail free agency and you have to have everything really work out perfectly for you to compete with that division just because of Mahomes. Now you got Herbert, so you got these young quarterbacks in there. So a lot needs to go right. But I think when you look at the Broncos roster, you've got pieces there. You've got things to be excited about. I mean, the offensive weapons, you got Noah Fant, who I like a lot. You got Jerry Jones. Albert O too. I like, I, I love our, our potential tight end combination. Um, you know, that, that duo could be lethal. Albert O showed flashes where it's like if fan and him are together healthy at the same time, I don't want to sound like in a hyperbole here, but that could be like Gronk and Hernandez with the right quarterback. That duo athletically is a mismatch yeah. nightmare for NFL defenses. So yeah, that's a great point that you just brought up about uh fan. And I love that Albert O pick last year it was like, that was like a cherry on top of the Sunday. We ended up with Hamler and Judy, and it's like, here we go. We'll pick a tight end, too. Why not? Yeah. 
And Hamler and Judy are young weapons. You still got, I mean, Melvin Gordon, I think is still a pretty good running back. He's still relatively young. I know he's quote old for running backs, but he, he showed some flashes last year. So there's pieces on offense. It comes down to drew luck. And we talked about this, I think before the draft, uh, what was it? Two years ago. This is, yeah, this is his second season in here. So are you buying into drew lock or is it time to move on? Well, that, that's the other part that sucks is like that Schefter tweet that says we trade up, you know, would, would be horrible for me as a fan. But then on the other side of the fence, there's the alternative. And, you know, you're about to ask me where I think we're going to go in the draft and where the value is on betting Broncos because DraftKings actually has exact bets with the skill position or the exact position that we're going to take. So we can go into that, too. But, uh, you know, it's really it, it's it's maddening to me that we have a situation where it's like, I feel like we have to go up to get fields because the alternative is we stay put at nine, don't trade all our draft capital and um, you know, either take Trey Lance at nine, cross our fingers, he falls or make another dumb trade up to get him at like six with Miami, which I really don't like the idea of trading up for Trey Lance either. Um, I don't really like trading up, I guess is the, the bullet point of, of this, you know, I like getting a quarterback, but I don't like doing a King's ransom, not knowing I'm getting fields. If you're t- if you say, Steve, you're guaranteed fields, we're talking a different, uh, whole other rhetoric because I'll be running around the block. If we land fields, I'll be very excited. And the two first round picks is what it is. It's the NFL. It's the draft, you know? Yeah. I think with a guy like that, that changes the direction of the franchise for sure. So before I ask you, like, you know, is a fields what quarterback you wanted to move on from, from lock, do you think that a quarterback, one of those these top five guys, will be there at nine? If the Broncos stay pat, they yeah. don't move, is there going to be there one of those guys at nine? I think there's a scenario, and we'll go into it in the, you know, this is like, uh, I mean, it's 420, so we can call it the super baked version of the draft, <laughs> if you will, uh, where I think fields could go as high as even two. Nobody's even saying that at this point, but I, I do think that it could end up being a shaked up snow globe draft where fields is two, Wilson is three. Lance, some team trades up for maybe Denver, maybe not. He goes, and then it's actually Mac Jones who's ending up slipping a little bit because he's the guy that nobody values other than San Francisco. That's like the half-baked Jerry Garcia-type um, draft where I could see Jones falling. And then the traditional mock is, you know, the top four go, and Lance is the one that kind of trickles down, and maybe Denver gets him at nine. If we get him at nine, then that's fine. But, I mean, my thing about Lance is, like, you know – he could be great, but is he actually going to be better than Drew Locke? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. quarterback. When you get in the middle grouping of quarterback, and, and by all measures, Locke's actually in the bottom eight, and so he's not in that middle grouping. But he's only a second year pro. So, and he had Pat Shermer and two offensive coordinators his first two years, and he had a horrible coach. Uh, I mean, and injuries. I mean, he didn't even play a full season last year. We had the, the receiver play quarterback. I mean, last year was like the year from hell for us. Miller got hurt. Sutton yeah. got hurt. Uh, so all those points about Locke. So the thing about Lance is like comparatively, I do apples to apples. And it's just like uh, Locke and Lance to me are like, there's no difference. So why waste the ninth overall pick on Trey Lance or trade up for him, in my opinion? That's where I kind of fall. Yeah, I don't think you trade up for Lance. Uh, I think fields would be the one guy who, if he's sitting there, you go for him and we'll talk about fields. He's different. He's different than what Locke possesses. I think he gives us a different dimension to your point about, uh, Gordon. I think, you know, Gordon will be efficient, uh, with whoever's back there, but I think Gordon can end up becoming a five yard per carry running back, 
um, again, late in his career um, with the right running scheme. We have Munchak as the offensive line coach. Uh, I like what we've actually done on the offensive line recently. So, which I mean, I could not say for the whole decade of, of 2010 to 2019. So that was a one bright sign of 2020 is our offensive line actually got their shit together. Um, but yeah, so I think with fields, the running game could really become something. And then obviously we've talked about the skill guys. So that, that offense could just really, wow. I mean, it could be like the Ravens, but even better, I think. Wow. All right. right? I want to add. I mean, you yeah. think that too. I, I would, I mean, I, Listen, we're missing a guy like a Marshall Yonda, who is the engine to that Ravens run offense up front as a, in a guard. But we've got Reisner. We've got um, the tackle. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Garrett Bowles, who we just Bowles, signed the first yep. round pick. And so it's like, I feel like we've got some guys who can really um, develop into star offense alignment with Munchak. And it's like, if we have fields, I could totally see our run offense being electric. And then again, we have the skill guys with Judy Sutton. Hamler and the tight ends that could be fun yeah it'd be fun and you guys drafted uh i was gonna say lloyd cushionberry from from the lsu team i wanted the giants to draft you guys got him he's a great pick last year yeah and people said elway doesn't have it i think he got a fourth round center who was given a second round grade who's going to be a starter for 10 years in his final year as gm so uh save that audio for when people keep throwing fucking gasoline on my man Well, let me ask uh, about the defense because we don't have uh, Von Miller still unsigned, I believe, right? He's still a free agent right now. Here for 17 mil. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot. But you got pieces. You guys resigned. He's a top, he's a top paid player on the team, though. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. But by a, by a substantial margin, I should say too. I can't even name you who's next. You know, and I'm a I fan. Have, I have no idea. Probably the, um, corner that we signed last year from the bears. I don't even know. Honestly. And you guys just paid out. I think Justin Simmons. Uh, oh, that's it. Yeah. I was going to say Simmons is probably next. Yep. No, yeah. it's Miller, Miller, James, Glasgow, Simmons. Yep. Okay. Guard, yep. So give me the Broncos biggest need right now. Is it quarterback or is there some of the piece that we're not seeing? Biggest need undoubtedly from a, <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's backtrack. From a Justin, if we're getting Justin Fields, yes, biggest need unquestionably is quarterback because that changes the direction and it changes what I was talking about at the beginning of this thing with Mahomes and Herbert, where it's like we're not, uh, you know, a show pony anymore. We're actually going to compete for this division with a guy like that. I think, or at least that's the symbol that we're showing with somebody else where we're just Lance and Locke could compete for the job, and who knows who wins here, right? I mean, Locke could beat him out. Yeah, who even knows. Uh, and what does that do to his confidence? And then what do we do with him? You know, it's like all these things. Like he can't beat out Locke. What is his value to other teams? Can we even trade him? I mean, there's all sorts of scenarios with, with Lance that I really don't like. I think with Fields, it's pretty uh, pretty obvious that he will be the guy and we'll have an offense that is catered to him. Um, and to me, I just I don't even see Mac Jones factoring in here. I, maybe he's gone to San Fran. Maybe he falls down to us. But for, as far as I know, we didn't even look at him. So. Uh, to answer your question, is quarterback the biggest need? I think from a 10-year standpoint, absolutely. But I think going into the draft, because there won't, there, there's an outside chance, and I say outside with an emphasis, there isn't a defensive player taken by ninth in the NFL draft. I have to say uh, linebacker is a need, cornerback is a need, and I will take a pass rusher because, as we saw in February, pass rush wins championships. So, yeah, I'll take any defensive guy at nine, if he's the best defensive player in the entire draft class, I don't care 
how weak of a defensive class this is. Give me the best defensive player at ninth overall. Yeah. And I think for my money, it's probably Micah Parsons would be the top rated defensive player on the board. Maybe it's uh Sertan, maybe it's uh Horn the corner. I was gonna say that you just nailed my guy who we're gonna talk about in our in our upcoming segment. But yeah, the the defensive player odds in the first round, the book thinks we're going offense. But let's break this down, actually, because there's great value. And it's unfortunate that the uh, model's not here for us tonight. But hear me out here. I think we actually have a great bet. And this is where you get insider fan information on. Uh, plus 125. So the bookie is aggressively juicing the public to, that we're going to take an offensive player. Let's break this down. We're not taking a running back ninth overall in the draft. No. We're definitely not taking a receiver. We have seven on the team. Tim Patrick, we haven't even talked about. Yeah. He's our fourth receiver. The guy's electric. We're not taking a wide. We're not taking a tight end. I've already mentioned that we're deep as hell at that position. Uh, offensive line, maybe, but why would we take one at, at nine? We would need an interior guy. We have Cushionberry, as you just mentioned. We have Jones. We're set on the offensive line. If we go offensive line, it'll be day two or day three. Uh, I just ruled out every position other than quarterback. <laughs> we're not taking any of those positions. So you're basically, if you're taking offense, you're hammering it hoping that A, a quarterback falls, or B, the Broncos trade up. Well, let's break it down a little bit further here. The, again, Atlanta's going to demand a ton. They're going to demand a lot for that four overall pick. I don't see a team actually going up that far. I think Atlanta holds on to that pick and drafts. First-year GM is not going to swing for the fences. I say he plays it a little bit more conservative. So that means we stay at nine, and that means we're waiting on a quarterback to fall. Uh, and if he does, sure, you've got a great bet, I guess, on offense, but let's Think about this a little bit further. We have two great quarterbacks in the division. We have a defensive head coach. We have a regime with Vangio, who's been here for two years now, who's got offense in both first years. Noah Fant, Jerry Judy. And they just, all the skill positions are spoken for besides back running back, as I said. I don't see how the franchise could actually talk Fangio, unless it's a quarterback, into taking another offensive player. No right? chance. I mean, I would yeah. be irate if I was him. Um they would have to trade down to take a skill guy or an offensive lineman for this to make sense. I'm going to take defensive player. The more we talk about, it, I'm going to, I'm going to put some money on this. I, I oh, like baby. corner at five to one linebacker, three to one. You highlighted Parsons, Sertain, uh, horn. Those are all guys who to me logically line up at the nine hole in this draft and yeah. at three to one and five to one and plus one twenty five. Those are all little interesting swing i'll i'll let's put it this way for the listener i'm going to put a bet on the defensive player at plus 125 and maybe i'll throw a pizza on the corner at five to one i don't maybe linebacker is a a bridge too far because i do think uh and we'll talk about this upcoming too i think there's a pushback on the isaiah simmons being picked by the cardinals last year and him not working out so i think uh your boy parsons might fall a little bit lower than uh, the ninth overall slot in this one. I think that's uh, possible too. And that's actually a really good comparison to Simmons. It, to me, it's too early to say that he's a bust. I mean, he had one season. I don't know if he necessarily fit with the scheme they had in Arizona yet, but he started to come I mean, on Kings, and made we, we, we know Kingsbury yeah. is not a good coach. Yeah, he, uh, we're I'm down I'm overjoyed on about the NFL coming back. I've got my knife and fork out to go against Cliff. He's my new target. Him <laughs> and obviously Matt Nagy, who's a double down trend favorite, but I can't wait to bet against Cliff. Early oh, yeah. and often in 2021. Those are in our podcast, like, you know, staples. It's in our constitution. Bet against Matt Nagy. That's bet against Cliff Kingsbury. 
I'm sure if we're getting a couple, we'll address them in our preseason, uh, you know, before we look at oh, the, yeah. the full season. <laughs> All right. So let me put a scenario out here for you. Let's say um, one, two, three in the draft is Lawrence. Uh, let's say it's Zach Wilson. And let's say three is Mac Jones. Okay. Let's assume that at four, the Eagle or the Falcons stay put. They pick. I'm ready. Uh, let's, say, oh. let's say they pick. You know, a non-quarterback. I don't care who it is. A receiver, Cal Pitts, yeah. maybe. Let's right. assume they add a weapon there and, and let uh, Matt Ryan try it again. Are you now concerned about a team potentially trading up over the Broncos to pick Fields, or would you like to then maybe try and trade up uh, to like five, six, seven to try and get Fields? No, no, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to trade up the Fields. I would trade with New York to get Fields. I mean. I'm I'm ready to go for fields. My fear is that we do it before the draft, uh, and then it, we just have egg on our face when he goes in the top three and we can't get him. Um, that's my real fear that that Patton is a first year GM and he makes a mistake. And then my other fear is obviously again draft night. Atlanta just has way too much they can demand. What if they demand us two firsts and like a second? Yeah, and we end up paying that for fields. Which again, I'll be happy that we have fields, but then I'll just be like the situation played out where Kaz and I talked about Broncos get fields, but Atlanta had all the fucking leverage, uh, which isn't a great spot. It's not a great spot to pay two first round picks and potentially more uh, to just get the fourth pick in the NFL draft. albeit a quarterback that I would want at that spot. Yeah. So, Correct. Yeah. I mean, I'd be excited. I, I would be jazzed. I, the second round pick. Fuck it. I mean, it doesn't matter what they're demanding. It just pay the, pay the tax and let's get fields. Yeah, because we've we've, we've seen it work. We've seen it not work. I mean, you sell a jet straight up uh, to get to number three with Sam Darnold that backfired. But, you know, there's cases where it works. You trade up and you get your guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if field is going to be there. We'll do a whole thing on fields because I know we got a lot in common on, on our, our, our fields takes here. So give me, uh, I guess, your your worst case scenario for what the Broncos could possibly do on draft night. Oh, that's a good question. Um, so this this does not include pre-trading for number four Correct. for the draft. Correct. Okay, so that rules out that scenario because that's my worst worst case scenario. Um, I guess my worst case scenario would be trading up with uh, on draft night. Let's say it plays out the way you were saying, and you know, Fields goes somewhere in the top five. We don't trade up. We're playing conservative, but then all of a sudden, Miami's up at six, and we trade a first-round pick to move up three picks just to get Trey Lance. That would make me really, really pissed. Uh, staying at nine and taking Lance would not be ideal. I really don't. I, it's not that I don't think he's an like a potential elite prospect. I don't want to like pour you know dump water on him. I just, my fear is that what if he goes to camp and Locke beats him out and then all of a sudden he just becomes like a mental, like this is my, where my logic goes. Like if you get beat out by Drew Locke in your first training camp, not a good sign. And like, there's no guarantee he beats Locke out. Like that's not guaranteed, right? I mean, you're, no. you're a non-biased fan. We draft Trey Lance. Let's say it's at nine. What would you think as a, as a, a non-biased person? Like it's an open quarterback, right? Yeah. Position. There's. There's no way he steps in and you're like, this is our day one starter. There's just no chance. I mean, the guy's a raw project. You can't, you have to at least see what he gives you in camp. You have to at least see how he competes with Locke. I mean, Locke is not the best quarterback, but he's got two years under his belt. He's shown some flashes. He understands the offense. 
I think it would be absurd to just be like, all right, we got Trey Lance. He's our day one starter. No chance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say, so worst case scenario draft night, we end up wasting draft capital to trade up for Trey Lance because I feel like, and again, it's not him as a prospect. I think in the right team, he could be a future star and he's might be even someone I look to in fantasy in future years. You know, like I, I could see him being a stud, but with that said, I think Denver might just be the wrong place for him. And I guess I could be wrong about that too, but I just, I don't think it's an ideal spot for a project. Cause it's like, he's, lo- he's looming over lock, but like he isn't good enough to usurp him. Well, here's the other thing that you got to consider. I think in the right system, Trey Lance with a creative offensive coordinator could be inc- incredible. Maybe not this year, but definitely. But Shermer is not that. You got exactly. You got Pat yeah, Shermer the sitting there. Antithesis of that with Pat yeah. Shermer, which actually kind of scares me about Justin Fields. Honestly, if Kyle Shanahan doesn't like him, I mean, I don't know what Pat Shermer's going to do with him. But That's I do true. trust the I do trust the offense for whatever reason with Fields. I feel like he overcomes the deficiency at offensive coordinator, which again I could be wrong with too, but. Uh, for some reason, I've talked myself into Fields being able to overcome Shermer, whereas Lance, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I just I see it being a lame duck offense, and I just see it being him holding a clipboard in year one and us going seven and whatever the seven and, and ten is. Yeah. that the new record going to be? Okay. Going to take some adjustment, getting used to that. <laughs> That's the worst part about being in this kind of division, too. Is like a seven and ten year where if you get a win against Kansas City, you like talk yourself into like, oh, there's optimism. So it's like we played Kansas City close in Kansas city last year. So it's like, I can't say I'm totally out on the Broncos season next year. It's like, in theory, we could be really good on defense. We get healthy, blah, 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 but more than likely we're seven and 10. Yeah. And the thing with Lance too, to me, he's, he's the biggest question mark of these quarterbacks because I think he does have a really big, a really huge ceiling, but he's just such a raw prospect. And, you know, he played one game last year, not his fault, but he played one game and he played the D one double a level. So you just don't know. There's a lot more. I mean, certainly the high risk, high reward pick, but are you really going to risk your entire franchise and trade up and, and really set your team back by rolling that dice on him? I, I don't know. You are. I'd much rather sell the pick to a team like new England or Washington. Who's desperate or even like Chicago. Who's willing to do something stupid. You know, because when we traded back and got fans, that was actually, again, another, I mean, not to keep, you know, jerking off John here, but like another great trade by Elway, because we ended up getting a the free pick that we got from that trade literally was Drew Locke. So uh, for trading down, we got a, like a third rounder, a second rounder, which ended up turning to be Drew Locke. So we got Drew Locke and a third rounder just to move down like 10 or 11 spots. And then we drafted Fan at 20. So yeah. It's like. That's a great scenario for me. We get a starting tight end. We don't know what Locke is, probably not anything, and a third-round pick just to move down uh, a couple spots in the draft. I would do that again in a heartbeat. Get me a free a free roll in the second round on a quarterback. I would do that again. I mean, hell, I'd take Kellen Bond out of Texas A&M in the second round with a second, an additional second-round pick if we traded down. I'm glad you brought that up because there are certainly a lot of – teams that are willing to, I think, trade up into that ten, top 10 for a quarterback. And you mentioned the Patriots, the Redskins, excuse me, the football team, the bears. I think those are the three that you think are like, you know, <laughs> I still takes me a while. Just not say the R. I just, I love that they're rolling it again for a second. Again. It's so good. Oh, they deserve second it season. Why yeah. not do another year of football team? <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. You can get a, a huge haul to trade back and then use some of those extra draft pick collaterals. If you want to take a chance on someone in the second round, 
Or even if you want to punt it for one more year, see what you got in Drew Locke, and then see what quarterback prospects. What are, prospects what are we going to? Yeah, what are we rushing towards? I, right. you know, I missed that in my opening remarks. You know, I laid out the Herbert and Mahomes details pretty fine, but like going into this draft, we have Locke under a rookie contract for two more years. Uh, Fangio, in in theory, is a really really brilliant defensive coach who could service as a bridge. You know, he's an older guy to the next head coach. So we do, what, five years with Vangio. The defense is good. And then we hire some guy when we're actually ready to, like, do this thing. You know, maybe that's too far out. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like with Vangio, we can be competitive because he's such a defensive mastermind. And it's like we don't have to work. We don't have to rush this thing, you know. We'll be fine. I mean, I don't want to be seven and ten, but like we're not going to be worse than that with Vangio uh, if we don't end up with a quarterback here. Yeah, I think that's a really good take, too, because you really do have to nail everything. Like I said, I think the Broncos have to have a perfect season to, I think, make it into as a wild card team. But right. it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, like if things go right, that's certainly realistic. I think in theory, if Locke plays well, even him as our, I think that goes back to the Lance Locke thing that I was going towards is like, in theory, if Locke plays to a top 14 level quarterback, I'm thinking Eli Manning in his most average of years with the Giants, maybe well, you, even a little you, bit better. You choose your words carefully right now. <laughs> I'm just saying he was, he, he had some good regular season ones, but like overall yeah. he was, uh, he was around 13, 14 yeah. regular season. I mean, playoffs, he's top three, but like, I'm just saying like, if he could be good enough, with that roster, I think that I get there. There's parallels, I guess, with Locke and Eli's that like, if he's good enough, the rest of the team is good enough. It's like, we can win 10 games just with Drew Locke in theory. Um, so it's like, that's why now that we're talking even more, it's like, that's exactly why I don't want Trey Lance is because it's like, he doesn't help us get to that, you know? Right. He doesn't help at all. Patrick Sertan, uh, the second certainly does. It's like, I would take him or Parsons. It's like, they can help us get to 10, 10 and seven, you know? And you know what? If I'm going to give my Melfi opinion here, I do think now that we're talking it out that trading back is actually the move. Not trading up, but trading back. Let's say you trade back to even 15 with the Patriots. Let's say it's them, right? The jump from 15 to 9, you're getting at least a second. You're probably getting a third, maybe a, a second next year. You know, that that's a sizable haul. You run it back one more year with Drew Locke, see what you got. Add a defensive playmaker, you know, Sertan's probably not going to be there, but there's two other really good corners that may be there. You got Horn and you got, um, what's the other guy's name? I'm, I'm blanking on the third corner right now. Ah, crap. Oh, there, I mean, a there's a couple of good corners in this draft. I mean, I, I love the idea of training back in this uh, draft class. Honestly, I, you're really good at doing Dr. Melfi because uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. That is the most ideal situation is us getting – um, picks and trading down and I actually love the idea of us going to 15 with Belichick because what does that set up? It sets up George Patton is essentially doing a <laughs> dick contest with Bill Belichick in his first NFL draft. He's saying oh you want Trey Lance at 9? Alright we'll see who's the better evaluator of talent. Trade me a second and a third. You'll have him and we'll see how it shakes out in five years. I would yeah. love to see that happen. That would be so ideal. And it could blow up in my face and the Patriots could be excellent with Lance, but it's worth the, <laughs> the dice roll just for the fun of it. Just to see Pat and deal with Belichick in his first draft. That would be oh, fun. Give me, 
I need some footage of that war room. That'd be great. So the other guy I, I was thinking of. I'd be a little worried, though, that, that Bill Belichick sees something in Lance. And you know what I'm saying? If yeah. Lance is the guy that they chose at nine, I'd be a little, I'd be like, whoa, what did we do there? But it, that's with every Belichick move. Everyone's always like, oh, Bill must know more than we know. But that's not always been the case. No, him. You know, he, he's, he's running it back with Cam Newton right now. Right. And I can tell you that. I can tell you this right now. I don't know more than Bill Belichick, but that's a bad idea. That's <laughs> exactly. So the other corner well, I was thinking was the second was, is an, yeah. Yeah. Fairly, he's a good one. And I was going to say Caleb fairly out of uh, Virginia tech. That was the guy I forgot as well, or Farley, excuse me. So there's, there's guys there. I think Asante um, son is too. Asante Samuel. Yep. Yeah. He could be there. Um, you know, there's, there's some defensive prospects that would be there at 15 that I think would be good for you guys to pick. And then who knows? You see what happens during the season, because like you said, the chiefs are going to be there. I think the, the, uh, chargers are on the up and up. So you really need a good season. And you know what, for me, if I'm loading up on talent, building up for next year, seeing if Locke is my guy, I mean, why not? It doesn't hurt. I mean, at, at some point you raised actually a pretty good point with uh, Von Miller. It's like eventually next off season, we're going to have to re-sign him to an actual long-term deal or we're going to have to let go of our franchise player. And if that's the case, uh, we better have, I mean, Chubb is an excellent pass rusher, but we better have like a, you know, a really stalwart defense that's ready to go without him because without him, it, it, it can fall apart pretty quickly when you don't have that, that veteran, you know, leadership. For sure. All right, let's jump to the draft. I think that's a good segue because, you know, there's a couple of pass rushers that I would like uh, if I'm picking in, you know, 15, 18 range. I don't think I like them if I'm picking at number nine in your spot there. Uh, but you got guys like I was listening to um, a, a Giants podcast that I like. Apparently, they're really high on the guy out of Georgia, Ojolari. Um, you know, yeah. And you got uh, Quiddy Pay is out there. So there's some pass rushes that I think, you know, mid round uh, of round one could be some value picks. But I don't like them at the, for the Giants at 11. I certainly don't like them for the Broncos at nine. But there are some defensive players out here that can add some some value to some teams that want to compete right away. Oh, I don't know. I would like Quiddy Pay for you guys at eleven. I'm really? pretty excited for that. Oh yeah, I think he's good. I mean, he he is good. Don't get me wrong, but like, I just think at eleven, and I guess we can talk. You know, wasn't meant to hijack this and make it about the Giants again, but you know, I want either an offensive lineman or a wide receiver at eleven. Assuming that one of those positions is sitting there, that's my ideal situation. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll be able. We can get into this now with the receivers. I definitely think that uh, one of the top three is going to actually be there at eleven. I know that everything I read is that the scouts love this receiver, this receiver class, and they they value these guys as even better than last year's receivers. But to me, I I, I just don't think that anybody in their right mind as a GM can look at last year's receiving class and be like, oh, it's a good idea to draft this position. 10 positions higher than the Broncos Raiders and Cowboys did. Cause guess what? All of those teams didn't make the playoffs last year. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, it's really comes down to that. It's like, if you're, if you're looking at it near the dolphins and I know everyone keeps pegging Devonte uh, Smith to them and maybe they will go with him and pair him with two or whatever. They're not going to make the playoffs. I'm, I'll bet on that right now. If they end up with Devonte Smith at six, Dolphins are not making the playoffs. It's a loser pick. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying the three guys that went last year are bad players. Things happen. They're, the Cowboys lost Prescott. They probably would have made the playoffs. Bottom line is teams that reach a receiver or draft high usually don't make the postseason. Vikings, Niners, and uh, Eagles all didn't either. They all drafted receivers last year. I mean, the GMs have to be knowing this. 
there's no way that a guy as small as Smith is going to go that high. I, I think he will fall to 11. I even think there's a chance that Waddle will fall as well to 11. So you'll have yeah, to take it receiver. I think, uh, yeah, both those two guys will be there. I think Jamar Chase goes in the top 10. I just think he, he to me, he's my number one receiver on this board. I think he's he just does things that, not to, yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminds me of AJ Green and, and Julio too much. Yeah. And I was going to even say to a slight degree, maybe not as big of a body frame, but AJ Brown too. I mean, he kind of has that ability yeah. of where he's like a physical playmaker attacks the ball. Um, but like we have, to Devontae, remember, we have to remember too, he would have been a top 12 pick uh, up there with rugs last year had he entered the draft. So, I mean, yeah. I, I do think that there's, there is something to that. I'm not, and by the way, I think all of these guys can be legit NFL players. I just think that GMs, if you're, I mean, the props on these two uh, Bama receivers—they're each at eleven and a half on DraftKings. Uh, I would go over on both of them. Like, and I know that your Giants people are pegging receivers to you. I don't know. Would you be upset? Not to reverse Melfi you here, but like, would you be upset <laughs> if you traded out of eleven? You're looking at Jalen Waddle at eleven. He has fallen to you. You have Kenny Galladay. You have Sterling Shepard. You have Evan Ingram. You have an offense. You trade out of the pick, you get draft capital, you don't take Waddle. How are you feeling? I, I'm fine with the trade back because, you know, I, I think the team could use some more players and ultimately getting those draft picks is, I, is a huge haul. And I don't, I don't want to play this game because I, I did enjoy the, the reverse Melfi there quickly. I don't <laughs> want to play being Dave Gettleman. <laughs> but... But I do think if he was facing the exact situation that I just presented, Jalen Waddle is available at 11 and somebody's ring ringing on your phone uh, to trade up. I, I really do think he picks up the call and he accepts the trade. And again, I don't want to go inside of his brain, but I do think he does that. Yeah. I'll I'll give you real quick. If uh, Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater is sitting there at 11, that's my pick. I want one of the guys are there. Give me him. If they're both gone, and let's say Jamar Chase is gone. If Devontae Smith is there at 11, I, I'm intrigued. I think I would I think I would roll the dice with him. If it's Waddle, if he's the only one left there, I don't think we need Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is an incredible burner. He's an incredible receiver. He's a great return man as well. But like you said, the Giants added Kenny Galladay. So it's not like we have this automatic pressing need for an, an explosive wide receiver. I think if that was before we signed Galladay, I'd say, yes, we need to get a receiver. We need to get a weapon, get someone in there for Jones. And let's, let's, you know, let's see what he can do this year, but we got to protect him. The giants have weapons. Now, if they can protect Daniel Jones, you at least get a fair chance to evaluate him. That's my ideal situation. If Sewell and Slater are gone for a block for your running back too. I mean, the one game he played, he he couldn't breathe against. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it just opens up everything for your offense. Um, I think if it's me and I'm sitting there and, and you know, those two linemen are gone, chase is gone. Devonte Smith is gone. If it's just Jalen Waddle, I would, I'd be trading back. I don't even care what number I'm trading back to. I'd, I'd go to 18. I'd go to 15. I'd, I'd even go to maybe 22. Maybe I, you know, if someone wants to jump well, up, why, why not? Right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to, if you're trading at 22, you might even be getting a first for next year at that point. Right. I mean, it's such I would a take difference. That any, any day of the week. Yeah, exactly. Because then, Fuck, yeah. And then at that point, like there are guys that are sitting in that We're middle range. We're giving Gettleman way too much credit. <laughs> way too much. The, the guys, the Giants, the Giants ending up with a 2022 first round <laughs> draft pick out of the first round this year. The odds of that are definitely 20 to one, if not higher. Probably higher. The guy has never <laughs> traded back in any round of any draft ever. So for him to be doing this and all of a sudden getting a first round pick, it's like someone must have given him a brain transfusion. <laughs> 
and there would be the I, the idea too. I, the New York media would pick this up right away because they're too sharp. Is uh, him trading out would definitely be a signal that, like, uh, you know, like a gesture that he got it wrong with all these other picks, right? Like, like that would be an admittance that he screwed up with Barkley Jones and uh, the the left tackle last year. Uh, Thomas, yeah. Yep, 100%. Okay, so before we get into some fun props that you've got here, I'm going to give you a little over-under. i got six players, okay? I've got their average draft position. I want you to tell me over-under, okay? Kyle Pitts, five and a half. I'm going to go under on Pitts, five and a half. I do think uh, it behooves the Bengals to end up with Kyle Pitts at five. (laughs) Uh, if he falls to them, I, I think that's a home run pick. I think the GM there would be very happy. Uh, they People keep forgetting they keep tagging Sewell to them is that they drafted a left tackle two years ago. Um, and I think yeah. they signed a guy too. Like I, the Bengals have invested capital in their offensive line. And, and the other thing that's lost is, and I'm not a hundred percent positive on this, but Burroughs injury was it on a sack or was it on a play where he was running out of the pocket slash running downfield? I forget. I think it was a sack, but I, I know he well, I'm pretty sure he got rid of the the ball, but like, it was definitely uh you know a, a pocket pressure play. The pocket. Yeah. All right, ne- all right, never mind. I was just gonna say, like, I, I didn't even think that that, that was on the offensive line. But to your point, maybe he got the ball off and maybe it was just a fluke thing. I, I my point is is that I think Pitts gives you the option, uh, you know, looking at the 10 year thing with the Broncos, it's like Pitts can be your Kelsey. If Burrow is your Mahomes, it's like all of a sudden your window for Bengals for the next 10 years is a lot different with a Kyle Pitts. Yeah. You're going to take Penny Sewell. Your window is you're the Bengals still. You ain't going anywhere. Kyle Pitts makes you flashy. It makes you interesting. And it really makes you potentially great on offense. The other thing about this is I know we just kind of did a nice thing about uh, Chase. And I do think he's a, a really phenomenal prospect and he's going to be great. But they did just draft T Higgins and 33rd yeah. overall. He's I like the player. Yep. Yeah. And he had a good year last year. So it's like, why would they, why would they take that position again when they could get a new position, but also get a skill guy out of it. And then I, I just think the big three of Pitts Higgins and, uh, and Mixon and Burrow, I think that's a nice little quadrant of, of offensive guys for sure. Yeah. So yeah, under on Pitts at five, I think there's even a chance that someone trades with Cincy to take him. If since he's stupid enough to do that, and I think there's also an outside possibility he goes to Atlanta at four. I'm not guaranteeing that one. But, like, I do think I, like, hits a little bit more at five uh, to the Bengals than most people do. I see Chase going there more. more I'm, stool. I'm all on board. I'm, I'm taking under as well. I liked every scenario you just laid out there. I think it's either the Bengals take him if he's sitting there or the Falcons. I, I, I think someone either a four or a five. So I'm going to go under with you here. Um, okay, next guy. We just mentioned him. Jamar Chase, six and a half. Um, we kind of, I mean, I guess I I could hedge, I could hedge on the pits bet and say under, because I think one of those two has to go to to Cincy at, at five. Um, but there is a chance that he goes to the dolphins. So I kind of like the probability on that too. Um, especially if Pitts goes at five, I could see the dolphins doing that. I mean, you have to think Will Fuller is a one year deal. I don't think they've signed Devontae Parker long-term. And then after that, they're pretty thin at receiver. I mean, they have that guy, Preston Williams, who's been hurt now two years in a row. Um, and then the other thing is, is you you definitely want to get a guy like Jamar Chase in there uh, because 
uh, two is not very good. So maybe he can make two a better. So yeah, I, the more I talk myself into it, I, I would I go under, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't actually play it if I was in Las Vegas. I would play Pitts under five and a half. I wouldn't play uh, Chase, but I would do that. Uh, you know, just in theory, I would go under. I've seen a couple of mocks where he goes to Cincy, but like we just said, that doesn't make too much sense to me. Six to the Dolphins, I can see. They're they're adding a weapon, and I do think it's going to be Chase over Devontae Smith. Even though Tua's got a little familiarity with with Smith, that would make that seem like a, a natural fit there. But I just think Chase is going to be the better prospect. He's more physical. Um, I, I just I, the, the Dolphins need a weapon. So I'm going to take under as well, but just barely, and I'm going to take him at six here. And there's okay. ru- I, I should say there's rumors that uh, the Dolphins, and I kept saying this during the Bronco thing, that we're going to trade up with them because I keep hearing this, that the Dolphins are going to trade back. And like the, I don't believe a lot of this draft hoopla and we'll get into it with Fields and Wilson and all this stuff. But like the uh, the one thing I really do believe, though, is uh, – I'm sorry. What were we just talking about? I'm sorry. We were talking about chasing – Chase yeah, the, the one thing I do believe is that the Dolphins traded up for number six to have the ability to to kind of be in a pole position after the top five, especially if there's four quarterbacks that go. So I definitely think um, that Brian Flores and company are actually thinking long term on this one. They wanted to get up there so they could trade back potentially and do a little bit of Bella checking with their with their draft uh, picks. So I, I do think. Uh, there's a possibility that somebody trades up and gets chased there too. So that's why I like the under two. So if it's not Miami, it might be somebody else trading up to get him. Interesting. I hadn't considered that one here, but these next two guys, you mentioned them. We just could talked about them. Team. It could be, it really could be, but I'd be, <laughs> I would be so pissed if the giants trade up for a receiver. I'd be so pissed. That's like a, that's potentially a doomsday scenario for me. Okay. The next two guys are potentially guys that they would be picking. Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle are both set at 11 and a half. Let's start with Devonte Smith. I'm going to go over. I think his size freaks uh, GMs out. And I actually, I, I think the need for receiver is overstated after the Bengals and Miami picks. The Lions are going nowhere fast. And I know that they don't have receivers after losing Galladay on their team. But man, that is such a bad first year GM move. It's like, uh, we don't have a good quarterback. Our team sucks. What are we going to do? We're going to draft a fucking receiver at seven. That's a terrible move. Uh, in Carolina, I know they just lost um, Samuel to the football team, but they have Anderson and they have um, DJ Moore. And I, I just feel like they can get a receiver in the second, third, or fourth round. Again, they don't have Patrick Mahomes. So it's like, why would they waste the eighth overall pick on a receiver? It's like they have Teddy fucking Bridgewater and, and Sam Darnold. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. If your GM is drafting those guys receivers in the top 10, their GM isn't going to be around for a while, in my opinion. Uh, and then obviously we don't have a need at nine. So yeah, I, I'm over on Smith. I think he's too small. And I think there's going to be a little bit of pushback because the rookie receivers didn't make as big of an impact last year as people thought. And I know that they think this class is different, but I, I just don't see it. I'm taking over with both of them. I think yeah, the only the only team you worry about to me is the Giants taking them. One of those two guys at eleven. I think that's the only real possibility here. Uh, you made a couple of really good points though. You talk about the Lions. You talk about the Panthers. The Lions, I think, are in a just necessarily trade back scenario. Like it's almost vital for them to trade back. Their team is really bad. They're starting over. I know they got golf in there, but. We talked about golf. Golf's not the answer. Golf's the guy that's going to, you know, fill in a couple of gaps until you find the answer. So, 
you know what, if the quarterback falls to seven, you know, maybe that's something they consider there, but otherwise I think that's a trade back spot. And then the Panthers is another perfect trade back spot for them as well. They got Sam Darnold. You'd assume that that's going to be their guy. They roll with for the next couple of years. Maybe they roll the dice and take another quarterback there if someone falls. But I think again, that's a trade back spot for a guy or for a team to come in and take one of those quarterbacks. So to me with chase with, um, with, with, uh, Waddle, uh, I think those are both going to be overs unless the giants sneak in and take one of those two guys. All right. Here's where it gets interesting. Let's go to running backs. Najee Harris over under 29 and a half. I I'm, I'm leaning towards this idea that there won't be a first round running back this year. Oh, um, similar to the idea because Edward Solaire got hurt and was less effective that I, I, I have this fear that GMs are going to cower away from backs in the first round. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go over on this. I don't love it because I think Harris is a really special player and I actually think the, the hoopla about running backs not going in the first round is overstated. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'd have to go over there because I, in my heart of hearts, I think he, he had an injury thing too, right? Najee? Yeah. I can't remember. Here, here's actually a better way to approach this. I actually have a note for this, for the audience. This is, this is why doing your homework pays off. I have something. This is double <laughs> down trend for you. Ready? Let's Here hear it. it is. If you like Najee Harris to go in the first round or be the first back taken, the better bet, better bet is actually five and a half Alabama players over at negative 200. It's a little bit steeper. Harris, I think, is 175 to be a first round pick on DraftKings. So you're getting a, you're paying a little bit more juice on the five and a half over. Um, but you also get variables built in. You get other Alabama guys who potentially get picked. And you guarantee yourself five. There's five Alabama guys that are going in the first round. Harris is the sixth. So you get, uh, I think you get some built-in value there. I know, again, you're drinking a little bit more juice, but you get every other player that played at Alabama that's in this draft class. So it's like, there's a couple of guys that are second round picks. So you can do your deeper research. Harris is obviously the, the real tweener. I think you just said 29 and a half. He's definitely the most on the line Alabama player, but what does that number just tell you? You just said it out loud on the pod. 29 and a half says he's a first round pick. Five and a half is a great bet. And the bookie is telling you it is too. They're favoriting. They're giving the heavy edge to the over. So therefore, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Harris is 29 and a half. Maybe it's the under. But I, I would rather play it safe, drink the juice, and take Alabama over five and a half because I know I'm getting the five. And then if Harris does go in the first round and I'm wrong, I win. Uh, and that way I don't have to even play the numbers game as to where he ends up going on the board. Love that. That is a double down Trent special. This is what we, we, and I prepared, I prepared that one. I have a <laughs> couple stars next to it. I was like, I do have a Harris note that I, cause I don't like, I don't love the idea of him going in the first round, but if you do like Harris going in the first round, I think that's the way to play it is Alabama. They have five guys guaranteed locked to be first rounders. Harris is the guy who's the tweener. Uh, so if you like him, that's, that's the bet right there. Minus 200. I love it. I think there's two teams. Maybe that would be a good fit for, for Najee. The Steelers jump out to me and I know they've got bigger needs than other needs, but if you really want, and I say this because the giants were just in this position a couple of years ago with Eli. If you really want to take one more shot with Ben, like Ben's coming back for one more season, maybe they're saying like, listen, let's just load up on some weapons. Let's see what we got here. 
and let's give him this bruising speed, just freak of an athlete running back and see what they've got. The flip side of that is as a Giants fan, I I can tell you it doesn't work. (laughs) It's not going to work. So why risk it on a a running back in the first round? That to me is the only team that would make sense for, uh, for Najee in the first round. I mean, he was, I think the best player on the field during the national championship game. And Devontae Smith. Yeah, Smith was great in the first half. I mean, first he, half yeah. he was just so great in so many of the games that I watched Alabama play, and I just I feel like it, it'd be a disservice to him if he fell to the second round. But then again, Derrick Henry did too, so right. it's like the NFL is kind of crazy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be the bet I'd play is the Bama over five and a half, and that, it, that would be the one. I might even end up playing that one the more I look at it because I do. I think he's a special guy, but I also think the NFL is a little strange. Yeah, it makes no sense how they just devalue running backs. I mean, he, he'd make an impact for a lot of different teams here. So this one to me now is also very interesting just because of who is sitting uh, kind of in this range of picks here. So Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson, 32 and a half over under. Yeah, I think he's going over too. I, I just don't see him being a first round player. I mean, he comps to me like Antonio Gibson. And although I think Gibson is going to take on a, a bigger role in, on the football team offense this year, I think a guy like that say that he's worth a first rounder uh, when you don't know whether or not he's going to hold up or how long he's going to play. That's a big risk. And I, I know he's got a lot of pop. And I, again, the funny thing about this draft class is I actually like all the skill guys, but I just, from a gambling standpoint, I actually don't. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like, it sounds like I'm out on all of these guys, but like, it, it, actually, both running backs, I think ATN could be a really special player in the right offense. And I think Harris could be too. Um, it's just a matter of like, I just don't know why a team would draft ATN in the first round. And, and then it's like, I go look at the teams that are picking at the end of the draft. And it's like, maybe the jets, if they wanted to really get sexy and do Zach Wilson at ATN in the same first round, well, maybe <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the jets because I actually see a scenario where they pick Wilson at number two, uh, not ATN with their second number one pick, but I think maybe like a guy like Terrence Marshall, the receiver from LSU makes sense at 23 and then they've got the second pick in the, in the second round. So maybe they, they pick up ATN if he falls to number 34. And I mean, that gives you a ton of offensive weapons. You're now stacked at offense and you finally got pieces in place for your quarterback to succeed. Unlike what they did with Sam Darnold. I think jets fans would be very excited about that. Yeah. 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 I, I, if I was a jets fan, I'd be over the moon, right? Oh, absolutely. You'd have to be, you'd have to be. Um, but I think that's a good segue too. So it's just, has been like assumed on all these mock boards, all these draft boards that the jets are taking Zach Wilson at number two. And you and I are talking, we, we did obviously a little bit on, on Justin Fields earlier. What are we missing that these other scouts and prospects and mock draft people are, are forcing down our throats that Zach Wilson is the guy I got to be honest. I did not watch Zach Wilson play a game. I've seen his tape. Uh, I've seen some plays that you know people have broken down. I watched Justin Fields. I know what he can do. I saw him compete at the highest level. Why is Justin Fields falling and Zach Wilson is just automatically pegged in at two? I don't know, man. I th- I, I think his agent must have bribed somebody or something. No, no. I mean, I, in all seriousness, I think 
what I've read is that Wilson has the ability to throw on the run that's similar to Wilson, where it's like the the protection doesn't really matter. It's like you're getting a special guy who can make any throw. He can twist his arm and he can make it. He can make, he can do anything basically as a quarterback. Um, with that said, you're the Jets, so let's temper expectations. This yeah. guy isn't going to be Mahomes, and I don't think size wise he's comparable. But maybe I'm incorrect on that. Um, but most important to this, and let's just get into the, let's get our nails dirty. I know I called this the half baked earlier in the podcast, but this is like the JFK level super conspiracy here. <laughs> Salah is the head coach of the New York Jets, the biggest media market in the NFL. So it's leaked before this trade for the Niners. Before the Niners come up to three, it's leaked the Jets are in on Wilson. He is the number two pick in the NFL draft. Then the Niners trade up. Are you telling me that there wasn't some sort of like inside information on with the Jets saying, hey, we're going to take Wilson. You've got your cart fly. Or I guess that's what, what people believe is actually happening. What I actually think happened is that they 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 told Shanahan or, or Salah told Shanahan backdoor, we're actually taking fields and you Ooh. can take Wilson. And that's why they traded up. Because if you actually do your draft research, and this has been totally fucking missed by every person on the internet the Niners were linked to Wilson for January February this was the guy that Kyle Shanahan wanted to take and then all of a sudden they trade up to three and everybody and their mother is throwing weight behind they're trading up for Mac Jones no I actually think Kyle Shanahan wants Zach Wilson I think Fields works in New York with Salah the new coach the big media market a chance to undo this Ohio State narrative I think to be an African-American in the New York uh, media market and be a quarterback is a huge storyline. I think there's all sorts of potential here, not only for the NFL, but I think the backroom deal between Salah and Shanahan, I think this makes a lot of sense to me. I have articles. I'll post them on Twitter. The Niners were linked to Wilson early in the draft process. It hasn't been, it's been two and a half months, but this is a team that liked Wilson. They really liked Wilson a lot. And it hasn't been talked about at all. It's really shocking to me. It's one pick. It's one pick difference. If the Jets don't take Wilson, guess who the Niners are taking at three? They're taking Wilson. He's 25 to one to go to the Niners at three. I love this. And Fields is 16 to one for the Jets. I'm I'm glad you brought that point up. The 16 to one to me, those both have got insane value. So if you guys want to roll some dice here and take some chances, it is that right there. It's fields at 16 to one to go. Number two, you won't get, you won't get better odds on anything this year. No, I, I know it's unlikely and that the experts are talking you out of it, but it's just worth the pizza bet. The ZD bet three bucks. Wilson to the Niners could net you 75 bucks. You could buy a whole round of beers and, and food and shit with you and your girlfriend this weekend. If you put $3 on this thing, it's incredible. And I, you know, you're hundred percent right that there has definitely been some backdoor conversations between Salah and, and the Niners. I mean, there's just no question. The Niners are not giving up all of that draft collateral to get to three. If there's question marks about the guy they want to be there. I mean, definitely those two teams have talked, they've communicated, there's been backdoor channels and they've agreed on, okay, we're picking this guy at two. You got your pick of your guy at three. I think that is completely correct. Now, whether it's, Fields to the Jets and Wilson number three to the the Niners. We'll see. I personally am willing to put down some box of ZD bets on that happening because those odds are just too good to pass up. I say you and I both bang this because I, I feel like we might be the only people in America that are taking shots on this. I can't. I haven't heard a single person talk about 
Wilson to the Niners. I mean, I can't emphasize this enough to the listeners. Every mock draft in America has this guy, Wilson, going two. The Niners are going picking three. If they like Wilson, there's a chance that they will do anything on the planet, maybe to move up to two to get Wilson with the Jets because there's a relationship with the Jets. They have relationships with Salah and the offensive coordinator, LaFleur. They have a relationship. If they, if they really want Wilson, they will do whatever it takes to get Wilson. If it means getting to two, they will go to two. They will trade another first-round pick. It's worth just trying it out. I, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't understand why people are not talking about Wilson and the Niners. And again, to your point, why they're not talking about Jets and Fields? Guess who was at Fields' pro day last week? And it got no media attention. Everyone was talking about New England being there. Guess what? New England's not getting Fields. The Jets were there. It was the Niners, the Pats, the Jets. The Jets were there at his pro day. What are you, are you telling me they're not interested in this Fields guy? 16-1. That's worth it enough. They were at his pro day. It's a flyer. You're getting 16-1. to They're interested in the guy, clearly. And why wouldn't they be? He's sick. Yeah. He can absolutely fly. Ran a sub 4 four forty. I mean, just to me watching the semifinal game where he took the blow to the ribs, probably broke his ribs, came back and just, he just played his balls gamer. off. Delivered a lights out performance a after that. He's an absolute gamer. I mean, he rolled into a steamroller of, of Alabama in the championship game. I don't think anyone was beating them. But you know what? He showed he can play in these big games. He's done it year in and year out. And I mean, to me, I always put my stock in, in two things for quarterbacks. It's pedigree and it's big time uh, games. It's like, have you played in these big pressurized games and have you shown success? Yes. Does Fields have the pedigree? Yes. He was the number one recruit coming out for a while. He was a big time player going into Georgia. He was a big time player when he transferred to Ohio State. I mean, the guy has shown it that he can play. Zach Wilson, I didn't even hear this guy's name until like early in this college football season last year. I mean, I'm sure Wilson's going to be a nice player, but I think sometimes when I get into these draft mindsets, a lot of GMs, a lot of coaches just overthink. They overthink, they analyze, they overanalyze, and then all of a sudden they talk themselves out of the right pick, which I think could be happening here. If Fields falls past like five, if I'm any other team that needs a quarterback, I'm doing anything I need to trade up and get them. And I know we talked about the Broncos. I would do that too. If he's sitting there at five, I would jump to five to get him. And I would, I would do that. Uh, so there's no, there's no price. I wouldn't pay for a field at five. Yeah. Especially with the Bengals. I feel like it's the complete opposite. <laughs> for some reason, I'm really afraid of Atlanta, um, completely just trade, just swindling us. And then I, I feel like we could take advantage of Cincy. We can get up to five for like maybe a second and a fourth. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That franchise has been a mess. You'd like to see them make the right pick and do the right thing for, for Burrow. But I mean, I have no faith or no confidence that they can do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the poor, poor Pitts, he might end up playing for Zach Taylor and uh, be in the abyss there. Uh, we forgot about Zach. He's also on our uh, Mount Rushmore yeah. coach to bet against. Although Burrow was, he, before the injury, he defied everything. Yeah. He defied Zach Taylor. He was a covering machine. So Backdoor Burrow. <laughs> I love that guy. Anybody oh. who could win with a bad coach is that's a guy who has my, I have his back. True Bur- talent. Bro is, Bro is my kind of guy. All right, buddy. Do you got any other cool uh, or interesting draft props or bets that the listeners might want to take advantage of? I sure do. Um, best bet. You talked a little bit about uh, JC Horn. Who's Joe Horn's son earlier on. I think this is my best bet. I'm going to take a sizable wager on him. Uh, to go under 13 and a half. I think there's actually a realistic chance he's the first defensive player off the board. 
Um, I think there's seven to one odds on that. Um, but my best bet is 13 and a half on Horn. I like him as a top 10 at plus 110. I think there's good value there. Um, we did highlight fields, and this actually moved. I think it's three and a half. Uh, my favorite, other favorite bet other than Horde was fields under four and a half because I think between the Jets, Niners, and whoever could trade up with the Falcons or the Falcons, I, I don't understand how he could slip past four uh, in this draft. So that was the other one that I did pre uh, when we were taking notes, but I've noticed he's moved up to three and a half. I like Slater as top 10 too, not to, to piss on your uh, – your parade, your parade but <laughs> minus one minus 150 i've heard rumors that sewell actually will be the second tackle taken if he is the second tackle taken i don't understand how slater wouldn't be the first right it's, it's yeah that's that seems like a steep proposition to me and so yeah if if sewell is for some reason like a, a tunsil and he starts falling down the draft board um which could happen uh, Slater is our guy, right? I mean, a tackle has to go in the top 10. So I like 100%. him at minus 150. Kyle Pitts, first quarterback, plus 125. I like that. I like uh, Trey Lance to go to the Washington football team at 8-1. to one. I could see him actually just falling or the football team doing something chaotic and trading up. I think they're in a perfect spot. I think they're in a spot where they have Fitzpatrick. They could do what the Dolphins, I think, were afraid to do last year and just... <laughs> I can just put Lance on the bench and let Fitzpatrick just go for the year. They've got Heineke who could also be the backup in case uh, Lance is like uh, Jordan love. And he really, he actually needs even more time and he doesn't even, he can't even be the backup. He has to be the third straight. So I think they have a good situation there. Um, So I, I, eight to one, why not there? Um, I I mentioned Fields second overall at 16 to one. That's the same odds as the jets. And I like uh, the Cowboys to take a tight end at 16 to one. Oh. If you've read any of the pre-draft coverage, Jerry Jones loves Kyle Pitts. I think if there is a first-round mover up in the draft for a non-quarterback, it will be Pitts. And I think uh, Cowboys going from 10 to 5 to our Bengals spot makes a lot of sense. So if all of a sudden we see the Cowboys on draft night trading up into number 5 and Kyle Pitts is still available and you're holding a 16-1 to ticket, you're you're – D is getting hard. Uh, <laughs> so you might want to just put a pizza bet on that one as well. As that much was, as I, uh, I was going to say, as much as that would uh, pain me as a Giants fan, that they have another just freak weapon on their offense. Just do it 16 to one. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think as a Giants fan, I would ra- I'd rationalize that by saying, well, they gave up a ton of picks to move up to five and they need picks on defense. So I, I completely can see yeah, a world where Jerry Jones points in the world. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, it doesn't matter if they can't stop anyone come the postseason. They're not winning the Super Bowl, and it doesn't really matter. But, that offense would be that yeah. offense would be pretty crazy if Kyle Pitts. It would be <laughs> nasty, and I could see Jerry Jones doing that. He's the kind of owner who's like, give me the shiny weapon. Like, you know, I, I absolutely could see that. Bro, they would be lethal with Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Cooper, Gallup, and Pitts. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. They, that would be a power move of all power moves. Actually, one more too. Patriots to take Jones eight to one. This is again just reading the tea leaves. This is a guy that they were really in on before this Niners trade screwed everything up, and and everyone keeps pinning Jones to the Niners. The Patriots were all over this guy Jones. There was piece after piece after piece, and then all of a sudden. Now that the Niners traded up, and I know this has changed a little bit because of the fields uh, going to number third overall has changed. He's the now favorite. Um, but, like, all of that trading screwed up this idea that, like, the Patriots are not 
as they're not as set for fields as they are for Jones. I think their real target is actually Mac Jones at 15 or nine with the Broncos. And if he, for some reason gets by San Fran. Um, and so I guess the theme of this back half of the podcast is like an alternative mock draft to the, the normal one, which everyone keeps saying it's going to be, you know, Lawrence Wilson Jones, you know, or fields, but I, I could see it being honestly fields Wilson and then Jones slipping far and, that's where the eight to one comes into value. I mean, if you're taking, let's just say it plays out where the Jets end up with Fields, the Niners end up with Wilson, and the Patriots end up with Jones, you're taking 16 to one, 25 to one, and eight to one. And Lance, I, uh, what did I just say Lance was? It, uh, eight to one to the football team. Yeah. I like all those. I don't hate all those. Those are good value plays. If you, some, if you went four for four on those, I know it's, it's such a long shot. You would. That would be insane. You'd be up so much cash. That would be the greatest draft night ever. But you know what? It is a long shot, but there are there are I avenues for all that possibility. Yeah. I've, I've read things. The Jets were at Fields' pro day. I've read so many articles pre the Niners trade that they like Zach Wilson a lot. And I've read stuff that the Patriots love Mac Jones. And then all you really need is the Lance, the football team. And, and that one's just like a flyer, honestly. I don't think that they... I think he'll go before they can get him, but if they trade up, maybe they get him. I, and to me, it just makes sense from like a roster standpoint because they can stash him. I mean, Pittsburgh's another potential for Lance. I like that. Yeah, I think there's going to be some shakeups. I just can't see this draft going down exactly the way these mock drafts have it. Like they've got it too straightforward, and I think there's going to be shakeups. And you know, you and I cannot be the only two people sitting out here that think that Justin Fields is way better than these mocks have him. So. You know, I would not be shocked if, if these little projections are off, in my opinion. That's just that's my take on this thing. So, hey, man, I, I can't wait. In, I work in the industry and I'm the all time greatest bet on this is that all of the words that have been written about the Fields Jones Lance thing have been complete hot air. And that is like a minus 500 favorite that it's all been a waste and that it ends up playing out like we've been saying here for the last 20 minutes where it's like <laughs> Fields goes to the Jets at two and Wilson goes to the Niners at three and everything that's been written for the last month and every word spoken on broadcast TV for the last month has just been fucking useless. Yeah. That would be just so funny to me. And it would really, uh, it would just be like a complete irony that every, everything that everybody says just doesn't mean anything. Just goes to show you, nobody knows nothing at this time of year. It's just all or disinformation. Or maybe they know everything and we're the ones that are podcasting. You know, <laughs> that's true. Tuesday night having a brew <laughs> after a melty session. But I, you know what? Clip the audio because if, if Fields goes too, we're I think we were on to something. I agree, my friend. Well, I can't wait for this. We'll definitely do a draft breakdown after the draft is uh, has finished. We'll do a little recap of all that. But hey, this is one of our. This is like a holiday for you and I. So we're going to sit back and enjoy it, my friend. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is like a football Christmas for sure. It's great. All right, buddy. That's another great episode in the books. We will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. And you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.